0: I'm Meadowlark. And I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary. The podcast
1: that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community.
0: And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And. Is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people? Welcome back. Welcome back. Hello. I'm tired from seeing you. Rephrase that because that doesn't sound very nice. Not not from seeing you. <laughs> I'm tired from going to LA. That's fair. I Let yeah. me finish my coffee. I'm tired from going to LA. I'm still recalibrating. It's a drive. It's a, it's a drive, and I do it very often. Meadow was
1: here for a friend's engagement party and a holiday party.
0: And a oh, holiday do you party. want to see what I got? Yeah, can I show you real quick? Did you give someone? Elephant? Did somebody like the, the the gift you gave? Yes, and then someone else stole part of it. Which mm. was um, I got. Oh my god! Hold on. Stand by. Of course, going to. Orville Peck's White Elephant Party. I got gifted Trixie Mattel makeup, (gasps) which is cute. I got the breakup palette and the rebound palette. And then it's so me. This is such a me gift. The Dolls. It's a coffee table book of like incredible iconic drag queens, like gorgeous, stunning photography. And Doug, my new friend Doug, who I met, gifted it because this guy Marco is his friend The photographer Marcos, his friend. And he gave a copy to Orville that was signed and then sent him an extra. And he was like, oh, perfect. I'll throw it on the white elephant. Cute. So cute. I loved it. Oh, I love that. I'm glad you had a good time. It was very, very fun. Very wholesome. Great people. Good conversations. Good food. Do you see his little chicken and waffles? Mm -hmm. Him and his his mom did all the food. They had like like little triangle squares of waffles with like a little piece of fried chicken with toothpicks. And then they set little tiny bottles of maple syrup. So you can- That's eat very Huge cute. charcuterie, big little butter thing with like rosemary and olive sticking out of it. You and Maddie would have loved. They crushed it on the food. I mean, they always crush so it on chic. the food. Yeah. I made lots of AD jokes to push your article. <laughs> Anytime. Because Thanks. Aaron had never been. He's like, oh, the house is so nice. He's like, oh, have you seen the AD? Like, just all night long.
1: <laughs> Thanks, publicist. <laughs> Literally. I appreciate you.
0: Uh, oh my God. That's a great house. How was the rest of your time after- we had to separate.
1: It was good. It was chill. I went. I told you I was in bed by like nine thirty. Yeah, it's the perfect day. And then the next day, I did something fun. Tell us, which I had never done before. And I got if okay. So if you watched a couple episodes ago, I was like, guys, I look like a duck. I just got lip filler, oh. and I look nuts. I got them dissolved. <laughs> but a month later, what did she? <laughs> and here's the tea. Number one, never cheat on an aesthetic person that you like. Yeah. Because I have been getting a little bit of lip filler for the last like two years, once a year. Mm -hmm. And I've always gone to this one chick and she always does a good job. And then I saw some other company come up, obviously on TikTok, which Mm -hmm. like makes me nauseous to even say out loud. Mm -hmm. And anyway, they looked really natural, blah, 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 whatever. It wasn't like in LA proper. So I was like, maybe they'll do it even a little bit more natural, whatever. I was so anxious. It was such a perfect example of stop ignoring your intuition because I was Ooh. so anxious leading up to it. I'm never, I'm always like a little bit anxious right before. Cause I only do it once a year. I mm-hmm. don't get a lot done. I'm super mm-hmm. particular about like how they do it. So it's, and it's your face. So I yeah. always am like a little bit uneasy, but this was a level of uneasy that was like, you shouldn't go, you shouldn't go, you shouldn't go. And I was like, kept shutting up the, the little voice in my head. I, I just knew I shouldn't have gone. Anyway, I went immediately distraught. Yeah. And listen, when I went to my girl tail between my legs a month later, she was like, it's not bad. Like it's not, I've seen botched lips. Like this is not bad. She was like, but it's your face. Cause I told her, I was like, I have never gotten anything done and lip filler is the most like, I'm going to adjust the way that I look Mm -hmm. thing that I've done. Mm -hmm. And even still every time, the two times I've gotten it done in the past, I've made sure that it's like literally what it looks like right now, which is me with lip liner. Mm -hmm. So it's like my same shape Mm -hmm. and just like enhanced. Mm -hmm. This time it was just a different shape. And so it really freaked me out to look in the mirror and be like, that's not, those aren't my lips. Yeah. Yeah. And it really did something to me. It would like, I like wanted to cry. I was like upset. Yeah. And it wasn't even like, oh, I don't like, like I look ugly. It wasn't that. It was just like, I don't look I like don't myself like and myself, it's myself, freaking I don't look like me myself. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really hated the feeling. So I was like, fuck it. I've heard it hurts like a bitch, but we're going to be a big girl. We put ourselves into a situation. We're going to get ourselves out of it. So I went to my girl, tail between my legs and got him dissolved. Listen, it hurts. It stings a lot. Yeah. yeah. But it's so much faster than getting filler itself. That like, and the sting only lasts for as long as she's injecting it. Like, it immediately stops after. And she numbed so you beforehand, or no? mm Hmm. Yeah. But the numbing only helps the pinch. The numbing yeah, doesn't, it doesn't help,
0: help the stinging, the dissolving. Yeah.
1: And the actual stinging is pretty. It's a pretty intense burning. Yeah. But it goes away in like seconds. Okay. And not like thirty seconds. It's like as long as she's just in, like pushing the serum right.
0: or whatever it is like in. So it's pretty instantaneous.
1: Yeah. And it's a natural enzyme that your body produces. That is what breaks down filler. Over time But they use it in cases like of emergency too. If you have a bad reaction, they use it right away. So the point is it starts working right away too. I was really swollen. I was going on a journey the first day because it was like super swollen just from being injected. And then it was like one hour, it was like completely down. And yeah. then 1 hour it was like one side was really swollen and then the next hour it like moved to the other You're side. It's sending it was me the such photo a updates. Funny day. <laughs> it was so funny. I have I have photo updates of like every hour. Maybe yeah. I'll include them if I'm feeling generous. Yeah. But by the next day I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Oh, this is my natural lip again." They're
0: like So today I just have my overnight. little
1: lip liner on. Nice. Yeah, she said like it'll usually take like a week for all the swelling to go away, but I don't feel swollen anymore. Nice. So I'm pretty sure that we're, like, back to square one.
0: It's just one of those things where it is worth it to pay whatever money it is to feel safe and confident and comfortable and know that you're in safe hands getting a good job done.
1: Yeah, and we were laughing about it, and she didn't, like, actually make me feel bad about it. Of course. And I honestly think it, like, opened up our relationship because before we never talked much.
0: Oh, there you go. And now we talked a lot. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm very fortunate to go to – The woman Sandy get to Aesthetics and Laguna de Gal. If anyone wants to go, that um, has done my mother for like her Mm -hmm. whole life. So I'm like, I feel like I know her intimately. She has like a lot of kids, and she's got a cute dog, and she's obsessed with Mahal. And I bring Mahal. We're like homies. Yeah, so it's fun.
1: Oh, I'll I'll tell you guys where I go because I trust her. So it's called With Love Aesthetics. If you're in L.A., it's in Tarzana, and I go to Lena, and. Don't be frightened by the Instagram because there are a lot of like, we're in LA. People want a lot. She really has like such a f- soft touch. Yeah. If you want crazy, she'll go crazy. If you want barely, she'll really barely do it. She's done a really, really, really
0: good job in the past. That's why I like Sandy too. Cause I've asked her about something and she's been like, absolutely not. You don't need that. Mm-hmm. You're not doing that. Yeah. But you know how, I mean, I do, I'm the same as you. I've only had lip filler and Botox in my forehead like mm-hmm. right in the middle and here to like lift a little bit because i'm telling you i woke up overnight at age 28, 29, something like that and was like my eyelids are fallen. Like my eyes yeah. look complete overnight i've i've aged. I'm different. Like and i guess cuz you're in your 30s it's like the first time since it's my first time really mm-hmm. aging and like seeing an aging face and my eyes fell and i was like what is going on? I'm so different. But it's weird so- to start seeing yourself age. It is weird, but I, I do really, really want to age gracefully. And by that mean like not being afraid of aging. And you also know, mm-hmm. I mean, I talked about that on that one YouTube video I made fucking a year ago, like the, the spirituality and cosmetic getting work done is so, it's so interesting to me. Cause part of me is like, not to go on a whole tangent, but part of me is like I'm a soul in a shell and I get to decorate the sh- my shell however I want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's drag. Like, this is fun. It's like clothes. It's like tattoos. Like, who the fuck cares? Mm-hmm. And then the other part of me is like, I want to look in the mirror and like see my dad and like mm-hmm. be reminded of who I am and where I come from and like feel like myself. And also, because it is all drag and the shell doesn't matter, I should feel whole and complete and not like, it. I don't want like any confidence or self-worth to be intimately tied up with what the shell, how the shell is decorated. And I don't feel like it does, but also it does to the extent that I'm willing to do lip filler. It's just an interesting dance. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting dance. And it doesn't make me feel like I'm super confident and comfortable with whatever I've done. I've been raised by, you know, my mom's six, five sisters that are all get a facelift, get this, get whatever the fuck you want. Don't let anyone tell you shit. Like do what you mm-hmm. want with your body. Who cares? So I've, I was raised with it being so normal that to me, it doesn't feel like extreme in any matter, yeah. but you know, I mean, I don't know. It just, it's, it, it's interesting. Like I see, I guess all, all of my rambling to say you not looking like yourself and not looking like the way you wanted to play with yourself mm-hmm. would send me into a spiral too. Yeah. Cause that shit is intimate.
1: I think it—you just nailed it. It's intimate and it's—it's very individual. So I totally agree with you. It is such a dance, and I feel very similarly. And also, I completely understand why why people want to do whatever they want to do. And we can even go into the conversation of like, either you know, does media need to get like a little bit softer with their expectations? Yes. Do we need to honor what aging looks like, particularly for women? Yes. It's normal. Like, I don't think there should be shame around right. the concept of aging. Right. The way all. that it is. And at the same time, I also think that you should be allowed to do whatever the fuck you want to do to feel however you want to feel. And I don't think it's like a cop out. I don't think that because I went to go get lip filler, I should have instead gone to three more therapy sessions and like figured no, out the root cause. Do you know no, what I mean? No, no,
0: no, no. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. But
1: I think it, it is like a very individual, delicate Dance. Yeah. I love seeing. Looking like myself freaked me out.
0: Yeah. I love seeing cool new age brands like ALD or whoever it is work with models that are older and aging and Mm -hmm. look their age and are still stylish and cool. Like, I love seeing people try to. Bust that like a woman or man's worth passes a certain age which mm-hmm. we all know it's usually women another thing uh skinny confidential one of the reasons why i really like her is all she gets work done and she fucking talks about not only every single thing but she brings every doctor on to be like what are people getting what are the risks why should you get this why should you get that why are people regretting this like what is XY? Mm-hmm. like i think a big thing here is also radical transparency yeah Like I agree that Bella Hadid should be the most beautiful woman in the world because she is that one year she won it or whatever. She's sculpted by the gods. Like her face is that of an absolute fucking angel. But she is quite literally sculpted by people that are help you do that. So it's like, I I totally agree. It's beautiful and it's art and it's fun and cool, but like you have to be upfront about it. Not saying she's not, but I'm just I just think there's a level of radical transparency that I respect the fuck out of when I hear other women talk about it.
1: Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think there's like, then I also, because I also then lean towards, it's just so case by case for me, Yeah. yeah. but sometimes, because yes, I think that the, one of the biggest issues, obviously with media and social media is the comparison game that people play and that we see young girls playing and it's so dangerous and it's so sad because you're comparing yourself to something that's not real. And you're never going to be able to achieve that. And that's a really difficult position to put yourself in. And so on the one hand, tangent, like if you're in a city like LA or you're in a city like Miami or even New York, because New York is much more like elegantly done. And I say elegantly to mean like it's, a, it's more discreet, mm. the work that's done in New York versus mm. like a city like Miami or LA. But if you are in cities like that, and if you're not, but you're on your phone all the time, make sure that you get a reality check often. Like log off. Go spend some time around people who are aging normally and get that reality check. And then on the other side of what I was saying before, when it comes to celebrities and things like that, it is case by case. But sometimes I wonder how often we're putting so much responsibility onto people to tell every single detail of their lives because they owe it to us. I understand Mm. the responsibility of being transparent especially when it's talked about in the media Good so point. much and you are yeah. being named the most beautiful woman ever, whatever, like that is one situation. But then also it's like, okay, if... It's not our business. Nicole Kidman is like getting bow Like, it, is it a really our business?
0: Yeah. Or can we just yeah, go I ahead and
1: assume that like the majority of people have work done?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like why That's does she... Such,
1: just because she wanted to be an actress doesn't mean she now needs to tell us like her intimate medical details.
0: Such, such an important distinction. And you also led me to think, like, tech's responsibility. Like, not XT, Mm -hmm. but CK, tech. The responsibility of tech. tech. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Kardashians have a filter on their cameras. Yeah. Like, that should be in a fine print, I feel like, somewhere. That's nuts. That is nuts. But also, just, like, the way you can manipulate yourself on the phone and the way that our reality Mm -hmm. is going to blend more and more with tech going forward, like... I feel as if tech has a huge responsibility in these kind of uh, beauty standards. I guess
1: huge responsibility. I think so too. Yeah,
0: I agree. Grimes and Julia Fox had a cool conversation about that once. Ooh, I love wow, the two of them. I to that. Yeah, I'm um, listening to Julia Fox's book on Spotify right now. Oh, is she narrating it? Yes, she is. Maybe that's why I wanted Ugh. to listen. I want to hear it in her voice. She's so funny. What a life. Well I mean I just dream love podcast guest. Dream oh, yeah. podcast guest.
1: I saw this thing on TikTok where um a girl was talking about something called the Hannah Montana effect or something like that. And she was saying, she was like, I think such a key to happiness would be for all of us to have our own version of our own Hannah Montana. So whether you're doing whatever it is that you do during the day like that's your day job having it's basically saying everyone should have a hobby but mm. it could be like the most random random thing in the entire world where like once a week twice a week for 3 hours whatever your time is you go into that space and you're like that person that's doing that hobby and it's just like it could be ridiculous and it was just a fun take on have a fucking have hobby. a hobby
0: yeah, That's still sticking with you, that one comment? Don't let her get to you. Oh, no, I forgot about that. Okay. Also, not my
1: stepdad sending me hate mail because I just got a new car. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Just out of nowhere. Tesla recalls two million vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Javier, thanks. I mean, listen, I just spent the morning watching YouTube videos of like safety features on the car to make sure I know how to like get out in there in case there's like a blackout.
0: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. How'd that go?
1: Fine. You know, there's safety features involved, but (laughs) it is, you're driving a laptop and it's weird. And I frankly
0: don't like it so far. I love driving it. We committed to the
1: cause because of many a reason,
0: which we don't matter. matter. (laughs) Anyway, I like, I like that it was hobby focused because the way I was originally taking it was like have something to project a certain side of you and be a different version of you in a different no, no, no. area. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't, th- I think that's no, I was so nervous. And I was like, oh, hobby wise. Yeah. I feel like we do that, but I feel like we have like seven Hannah Montana <laughs> moments then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. I just thought it was a cute like way that she explained it much better than I did.
0: What's but it was this right cute now? idea. I know yeah. mine, mine's my French class that you are helping me commit to.
1: Bonjour. Mm. Madame Madeleine what is mine? Because it doesn't even have to be that deep. She was like, it could just be like, you're cooking and you're learning new recipes, right. which I feel like has really become my hobby lately. Like not lately, over the last like year, I've really taken a deep dive
0: into my culinary. You've said that for like two years. That's Gills. not, can't be yours anymore. That's integrated to your personality. Pick a different one.
1: <laughs> mm, <laughs> that's the thing. You know, I'm not a hobby girl. I'm like, what do I do? I'm reading more.
0: <laughs> that's a great one. Reading's like I'm one reading of my favorite more, hobbies. What are you reading yeah. right now?
1: I'm reading like four different books. I'm reading- That's as I love to Obviously, do. I'm always reading some Samantha Irby book integrated you know, into I've whatever still never, else I'm doing. You were
0: supposed to give me one because I've still never read oh, anything yeah. from her.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm reading Meaty, which I'm pretty sure is her first book. And then I'm reading Talk Like Ted. It's mm-hmm. all about communication mm-hmm. skills. And then I'm reading the book you gave me. Which one? Our secret book.
0: Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, get, I didn't and get the telepathy. I need to finish my coffee.
1: Then, is that it? you got to
0: finish that one. That one I'm you could fin- finish in two I'm days. I'm like 100 pages left. I'm, yeah, I'm okay, going to finish yeah. it this weekend. Yeah.
1: And then I'm constantly reading I'll Teach You To Be Rich by Ramit Sethi. I just like pause until I do all of the steps and then I go back to it.
0: I'm still reading On Our Best Behavior. I kind of gave up on Storyworthy for now just because I've been more interested in other things. I'm plowing through Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, Ooh, I want to pick that one up. I'll give it. I'll just give it to you when I'm done. I'll bring. We could do a book swap. Um, Obviously, I'm listening now to Julia Fox's book, and I have one other by my bedside table. I can't remember what it is. Say, Livie. I do need a fucking hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Reading is a great hobby. Do you want to take up? Do
1: you want to take up knitting? Honestly, yeah. Because what I was just thinking, I was like, the hobbies that I think about wanting to do, like pottery, are not cheap. And
0: I have to leave my house. Knitting is cheap. You get like needles and a thing of yarn from Michaels, and you sit on your couch and binge watch TV while you knit. It's gorgeous. I think I should do that. And
1: I think I need a Michaels trip in my life because I was telling Zoe the other day the amount of times that as a child, like all I wanted to do was like scrapbook and go to Michaels. Oh, I,
0: I made scrapbooks all the time. time. And you do like the background the paper and the stickers and the set all mm-hmm. the
1: time. My friends it was and like I would make interesting before for... there was Pinterest. Yeah. And for our birthdays, we would get like posters and make each other cards that we'd fold a poster in half. So it was a huge
0: card and then it was like you'd glue a bunch cute, of shit on cute, it. Cute, cute, cute,
1: you've yeah, seen You've seen time. the
0: book that Becky made Annika mm. in, with my little bow trying to be Alice in Wonderland. And I take it like this and I have the eyeliner.
1: You are so Meadow and her angsty.
0: My pen 15 phase is <gasps> rough. I like kids if- these days don't understand. I don't. If, I feel like kids these days do not have awkward phases the way not the, in the way, the way early two thousands we had awkward phases. Like it's just not the same.
1: I feel like genetics and just yeah. What is that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm saying like you're. Yeah, I'm like, is it your evolu- Your genetics? Your evol- whatever? Nature is going to take its course on you, thirteen year old child. Okay, you're gonna have. Everyone needs a little bit of an awkward, ugly stage. It makes you funnier. I feel like
0: they're not. But having now, them, it does make well, you funnier. I just think My that they're like, they so know how to The girls
1: know it. how to do their makeup better now. Oh. Because they're on TikTok. Everyone's doing a cute, natural look. Like, you need to yeah. go through your phase of like, it's just a white stripe under your eye and you're pretending <sighs> like you're not wearing eyeliner. It's just you know? The, the best.
0: The best. It, it does build character? stupid. Absolutely. Have you seen I think the stupid hair that the guys have?
1: Yeah, I think what do I'm funny too. No? I just know this because I have a fucking 14, 15-year-old nephew. They're stupid little haircut. Like, you know how like there was like the Justin Bieber hair and like the swoop. And then before sure. that it was like the Ryan Seacrest spiky and like, sure. you know, whatever. Now it's like dirty hair that is just like it goes out. It's just like a helmet. And they all just look like they're like wearing a visor that goes all the way around their freaking head.
0: You gotta send that. And it's to me. their
1: dirty, I feel like I have
0: a visual but- nasty hair. Just sounds like skaters. Yeah, it is. Cause
1: think about like all those little TikTok boys. I feel like they all look like little skater boys.
0: I don't like, like they're pretty. pretty. <laughs> you think my TikTok algorithm is men? No, it's not my algorithm <laughs> either, but I'm just saying, like, i
1: like when like Charlie D'Amelio became famous, like the little the boys that they were like dating and stuff, I feel like I that's don't what they all know, like. I looked don't like. know
0: anything about her or who she is. I don't know. You know I live under a rock. I, I know. know no one. I know. To the point where it's bad. Okay. Do you remember we were at a party once and I was like, I think I went to high school with that guy. And you were like, bitch, he's famous. Shut up. I do that all the time. <laughs> I do that all the time. But it really just shows how different uh, people's
1: algorithms are. Because the other days, they'll like, spit out 45 different names to me. And I was like, I've never heard of these couldn't people. Tell couldn't tell you. And I'm happy that they don't take up brain space.
0: Aaron and I live on – Extremely different sides of the internet, but mm-hmm. it makes it really fun to see how different niche can be which again goes back to our prediction mm-hmm. of when everyone can have a million followers and it's like who cares anymore? People are gonna seek anymore. out communities that are niche and nicher. Like it's not like everyone's gonna mm-hmm. know everyone, you know what I mean? Like it's just not the future of communities on the internet at all. I stand by that.
1: Meadow, I had a conversation with someone the other day who didn't know who Jay Shetty was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like dead ass. The way I my no whole idea who internal was. organs just like squeeze. No, me squeaked. too.
1: I thought that they were, I was like, so you, I was like, what? Like, I'm I couldn't
0: not, compute it. I'm not kidding you. Nine o'clock at night last night, my mother called me. Oh my God, I'm on New York Times. Did you know that Jay Shetty just married Vanessa Hudgens? <laughs> like, what you Get off the internet, woman. <laughs> She's emailed me like three or four different Rick Rubin interviews. And I was like, Babe, I was on the waitlist for his book since last October. Like I, I've been obsessed with him before people knew who he was. Like you're, you're, she's trying. years late to this, but I love you so much. <laughs> she's trying. She's trying. Jay Shetty marrying Vanessa Hutchins. Her dress looked gorge. I, I looked it up then because we were talking about it. Oh,
1: yeah, I was shooketh to the core. I was like, what? And then I didn't think anything bad of it. I was just like, oh, wow, we're really on different Different sides of the internet.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's all Even though we're all in the same top 10 Spotify podcasts list, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever. We are really rubbing two brain cells together today.
1: Okay, so (laughs) today.
0: Oh, fuck. Did your camera die? It's dying. Did you not charge it? I thought I did, but it's dying.
1: We had to pause um, to charge our batteries, and now we're back. So if the camera looks slightly different, mind
0: sorry. your business. Here's a mahal to mind make up for it. Your business.
1: God, oh my God! Yesterday I was on a walk, and I saw a little one of her, but short-haired, <laughs> brown spots.
0: Oh my God.
1: Just w- the way they walk is so funny. It's so cute. No wonder everyone stops. I thought giggle, of you because God, I God. smiled at the girl and like giggled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Meadow probably gets this 400 every times single a day. person
0: that passes us just does a little giggle or has to say hi. Um, one of my new friends, Marco. They have two. Him and his uh, boyfriend, Hunter, have two wiener dogs, and they just got a new one. And he was sending me oh photos and videos, <laughs> like this big. The little. Bro- I'll send you that. Have it's they become? unruly tyrants already well i mean they got it yesterday he got one a new one oh. but his other one, one is older both of the other ones are a little bit older so they got a new baby
1: okay so i know we rambled for like 20 minutes but today we've got a lot of requests to do this theme and we talk about it all the time and i think it's inserted into pretty much every single episode of Lost. of. Yeah, if you ask me yeah it to some degree yeah. today we're going to be talking about the sister room yeah
0: Easy for you to say, <laughs> that Freudian slip though.
1: Um, the ruined wound. Yeah. No, we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the sister wound,
0: what it is, how to heal it, how it shows up. Well, and to be All fair, things. we're just barely scratching the surface on this. Oh, we got yeah. a lot. This is this is something we'll unpack ongoing a lot of the time. But I think we've we've talked about it, but we've never had one little segment to kind of. Say some thoughts, if you will.
1: So essentially, if you don't know what the sister wound is, it's really not that deep. It's basically the manifestation of what happens when women have been pitted against each mm-hmm. other for historically pervasive. It's really what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the manifestation of what happens in a patriarchy. And when women are pitted against each other, that is quite literally the point. Because the more that we do this, the more that we lose our power. Mm -hmm. And that's the point of a patriarchy. Mm -hmm. So a sister wound is just generations and generations of that happening. And this goes back to the beginning of patriarchy. We're talking colonialism. We're talking witch trials, Mm -hmm. like all of that. Because before all of those times, there was very much this collective, it takes a village mentality that was not exclusive to women and i feel like that is a point that frustrates me and i think that the barbie movie at the end of the movie did a very good job of illuminating mm. that is that it doesn't mean a world filled with matriarchy doesn't mean that men are at the bottom and women are at the right. top we're here and it's this cycle it's a big circle mm-hmm. and i think the barbie movie like two explains years that pretty well together mm-hmm. yeah. we we need one yeah. another and the sister wound essentially comes from women's need Need to survive mm-hmm. because you're either betraying each other or you're martyring yourself, mm-hmm. and there used to really not be a very much in between,
0: you know. Yeah, I do. It's um, I am reminded of the book because I read this a long time ago, and Aaron was trying to find it on Spotify audiobooks. The book *Sapiens*. Have you read that? Mm-hmm. Which is just no. My stepdad is has. I always like catch him. It's a thick one, It's huh? thick. To be fair, I didn't finish it, but it, it is fun to yeah. just kind of see the same way that I don't shut up about on our best behavior, which I'm looking at right there, is that it's fun to see the way in which social dynamics play out today, how that relates to our evolution and our history. And you're so right. Like mm-hmm. the way we were all collectivistic societies all live together, all it takes a village Men and women and children. And then watching the way colonialism spread, how everything spread, and then how marriage came about to couple off one woman with one man. And it broke us up from our group mm. and our like community to couple it off with each other. And how that was a very effective way of losing our power because it split us all mm. up and inherently created competition amongst each other. Mm-hmm. It just, I, it, it, I've i been going through a phase right now where I'm really liking relating present day social dynamics to the evolutionary impact of like why they make sense. Because you know, I say it all the time, but like we are in a, a day and age, a, a to- technological revolution, a, a time and place where our bodies are, have not caught up with the world in which we live in mm-hmm. by any capacity. So like watching that yeah cognitive dissonance play out Sister mm-hmm. wound is a perfect example of like one of the byproducts of that. I would love to talk about how it plays out. Okay. I want to like
1: list off a few things and then maybe we can talk about how it's shown up in our lives. For oh, sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Because I mean, I think we'll have examples for each one of these. Okay. High level. Let's do it. Points. Because the ways that these that this shows up, because you might be like, oh, I'm not pitting myself against other people or I'm not XYZ. The way that it shows up is so it could be so micro.
0: How about this? Let's start. When I was in middle school, I was like, oh, I'm like, I like hanging out with boys better. Like boys are less drama. Like I rather be friends with guys. Like my best friends are boys. Like that is. And why'd you say that? Because you thought it made you look cooler? Yes, and also girls were so mean to me. Like I was so bullied, mm-hmm. and girls were so mean to me in fifth and sixth and seventh grade. And I was so depressed and rivalries and friendships. And then they hook up with someone you like and vice versa. Like just girls can be so mean because of that inherent way that we're mm-hmm. viewed or made to view each other as competition, not as sisters. So I I yeah. after a couple years of being really hurt. From and of course I played a role in that too. You know, what I mean it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. But after a couple of years be, of being hurt, I just removed myself and thought I'll just hang out with boys for now. And then I ended up feeling mm-hmm. so disconnected. And then I just mm-hmm. got like a couple girl best friends, and rather than a group, mm-hmm. and that because you know I I didn't yeah. have a friend group. But um yeah yeah that was one of the one of the first examples of like sister wound coming to my mind.
1: Yeah. Because it's the judgment towards other women. It's the competitiveness towards other women. It's the distrust towards other women and not just directly towards them, but even the distrust towards having a relationship or a friendship with another Mm -hmm. woman. It shows up in such interesting ways. And what's so funny is like, and I want to talk about this later too, but like it's this concept of power where one of the biggest lies that we've been fed is that there's only space for one of us. And granted, there was a time and there still are many rooms and spaces where that is the reality. But I do genuinely think that in order to change that reality, we can't keep shutting the door behind us. You have to keep it open. You have to keep sticking out your hand. I talk about this all the time when I talk about mentorship. Gaining power and and reclaiming, I should say, your own power does not diminish someone else's power. And I think that's part of this lie that there's only space... Mm -hmm for one of us to exist here. Like the universe is big enough for it's all a lack of us and to abundance. Exist. We're here mindset. for a reason. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the universe is here to provide abundance. So even if you're getting like the woo-woo spiritual route of it, like there's quite literally space for all of us because we are here for a reason. And also
0: not to get too ahead of ourselves because I do want to go through your list and come up with examples because it'll be fucking easy mm. for us to do that. But <laughs> when you do lean into that side of things and you do get so excited about all of your sister's wins – and the way they show up, whether or not that means you're getting a win at the same time, more comes to you, like more flows to you when yeah. you support one another. But let's go, I don't, don't derail us too much because we're going to get Well, yeah, because excited. your
1: wins are my wins exactly. and my wins are your It's exactly. a collective thing. Yeah. Like this isn't, again, also just us living in the United States. We are, we've been conditioned our entire lives to live in the most
0: individualistic mm-hmm. mentality mm-hmm. and society. Mm-hmm. Bring back the red tent. You know how it's, much I would love that? What's the red I mean, tent? I don't want to say that because there's countries that don't let women go to school when they have their periods. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, the red tent. Wait, what's the red tent? it's It's a book that's supposed to be almost like the female perspective of the Bible, but the red tent is about how back in the day when women were on their periods because we'd all be synced up because we'd lived in a collectivistic cycle, we would go mm-hmm. to a separate tent, the red tent, and like do our spells, bury someone's first period if they get it, like take care of each other, braid each other's hair, Mm -hmm. like be by the fire. It's like the time on your moon cycle to come together as women and like take a second to be separate, to rest, to reflect, to like do what we need to do together and come back. Which again, I say that flippantly knowing that women in today's society are still Mm -hmm. robbed of every opportunity just by having a period, which is horrific. So it's like an idealized spiritual standard, but in in my personal bubble if you and i could not talk to anyone and be together for our periods to just rub lotion on each other's backs and <laughs> stare at the moon howl at the moon
1: oh my yeah. god oh yeah i mean it's the same way that like man and i don't mean men like man mm-hmm. ruins religion yeah you yeah. know what i mean it's that's all one yeah. the same um but yeah Give us the i list. mean those were my points it's just like oh, okay. judgment Judgment towards other women. I listed them. Judgment, distrust. How about what we talked about earlier? Um, competitive nature. The way I 100%
0: mm-hmm. will... My instant bias and instant thought towards women in LA that get the Kylie Jenner face. That's a judgment. And yeah. I look right at them and yes. judge them for not wanting to be themselves, for wanting to look like everyone else, mm-hmm. for like, hyper-fixating on this role of... like projecting an image, projecting a wealth, I immediately judge them. And i we've already done it in this episode.
1: Yeah. No, as do yeah. I. It, by Literally, we've done it in this episode. Yeah. It's so true. There's so many. I do it with that. Oh, you know what you and I do all of oh, the no. time? And I'm exposing No, I was us just going to say, it don't is, out
0: us to the people.
1: <laughs> no, I'm outing us because out we us. need to stop doing yeah. it because it's not... There's a way to do it in a healthy way. And we had a conversation about it, I'm pretty sure, on Patreon. So <laughs> check out our Patreon. We often bitch about what other women's podcasts like that are more successful metric wise than ours are in
0: like a not nice way. Yeah. I did it at the party.
1: And I think that there are better ways for us to do that. So I'm going to say it out loud to the public so that we hold each other accountable because listen, nothing is more boring than not letting your best friend bitch. So like, don't be a fucking wet blanket sure, is what sure. I'm saying here. But also th- it's, it's not healthy to be like, and they suck because this and this and this, and why do they have that? They have that because that is what the crowd wanted at that mm-hmm. moment. And there's space for us to figure it out.
0: That's a good call out for us though. Cause we get frustrated about some stuff in that realm a lot.
1: Yeah, and I think it's valid for sure. the things that we're frustrated sure. about, Same but I also just think that like we're staying in that lack mentality
0: when we harp. But on But
1: we it. also need to be realistic to a certain extent and also understand that you know some of the networks or some of the things that we are talking about, like there is going to be a limit. What so do it know? is frustrating in when a you know? the situation.
0: See... Who saw that coming? Yeah, yeah. it yeah. is
1: frustrating when you know that there's a quota yeah. and that there's a yeah. limit and that that is being filled up. By something that you're just like getting frustrated by, yeah. so I totally
0: I hold space for our reasons, but I I completely agree with you that we could we can articulate those yeah. reasons while still holding space for like let's just let women win where we can as well mm-hmm. and be excited about mm-hmm. it. Another reason why I um, love Julia yeah. Fox. What are other ways that we suck?
1: Let's <laughs> expose ourselves suck.
0: on the podcast. I mean, I. I I don't know about other ways we suck. I just think it's a—it's such a collective experience to have that distrust against other women and not be able to... its I think especially when we talk about... This comes up a lot when we talk about expansive friendships and finding women that are mm-hmm. really, really, really there for each other. Because the sad reality is when living in a society that benefits of us pitted, being pitted against each other, you will come in contact with other women that like have not unraveled that and unpacked that for themselves and figured out the ways it shows up in their life.
1: Mm-hmm. Would you
0: like to give an example mm-hmm. on that? Please do.
1: Yes. I was literally having a conversation about this yesterday. And this is something that I want to delicately say yeah. because it's, it it ties back to that comment I made earlier about needing to also understand and have compassion which i think is part of healing this wound of having compassion for why people are the way that they are but understanding that th- it's not delusional for people to have thought that there wasn't space for them because not. quite literally there was only space for one of right. them so the conversation i was having yesterday was about a particular industry and we were saying how it would be great to be able to get some younger voices in the room Particularly when we were discussing, and I like hate describing other women, especially like older women this way, but jaded women who have had to fight tooth and nail to get to where they are, which like hats off to you, props to you, sister, thank you for paving the road for us and now are continuing to shut that door behind them because Mm -hmm. there's still that fear that they can be the only one in the room instead which again still happens and still exists so nuance your people but the particular women that we were specifically speaking about are now in such a place of power where they're the ones making the list for who's in the room Mm -hmm. so why are you closing the door Mm -hmm. because the room is yours Mm -hmm. why are you not bringing people to that table Mm -hmm. so that was the the through line of the conversation was us being like, we need to start bringing in these younger people who do have these perspectives, especially like people make fun of Gen Z so much and whatever. But the fact that these conversations are even happening is so remarkable and amazing. Mm -hmm. And bringing in those opinions into a room could maybe just help illuminate some stuff and wiggle a few things around because it is really disheartening. And I've noticed it a lot, especially as a freelancer who wants to break into certain or who has broken into certain industries and wants to continue to grow in those industries and is, you know, fielding Mm -hmm. conversations when I think I'm talking to a mentor, but then I'm like, "Mm, you're actually shady as fuck. And it's like, Mm. you thought that there was that trust there because you're both women Mm -hmm. and you can understand each other. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really disheartening. And at the same time, also a really positive reminder of the type of leader that I want to be. Yes. And the type of conversations that I want to continue to have because I just we're feeding into it. We're feeding into it and they, whoever they are, are sitting there laughing being like, "Haha, they being bad. Look men. at the morons that are doing what we told them to do."
0: And what's funny is like if you know? we if we did just embrace healing and, like, the sister wouldn't work because together. this yes. patriarchy yeah, yeah, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but like patriarchy is set to serve white men.
1: One person and it is white men. Yes. Okay,
0: 100% agreed. It's just like if we did work together we'd probably be significantly less frustrated at men. Oh my God. And maybe we could even work better together because we're not going to men for the things that we should be going to our sisters for. Like that was something in Sedona Mm -hmm. at our coven trip. I mean, the entire weekend was defined by healing the sister wound. Like that's all we did. That's all we talked about. It was like the through line of every conversation, especially because we did like just, you know, journaling together and mushrooms and unpacking things and like giving each other back rubs, braiding your hair, like that going back to like being little girls and being sisters and like touch and play and like non-sexual intimacy with each other and whatever that looks like is so important. And I think there's so much healing and understanding we get from being a community of women together. And I want to, again, preface, this goes without saying for people that know us that are active listeners, but maybe if someone's new here, we say women in the most gender inclusive gender identity inclusive Mm -hmm. term possible that we would probably be a lot fucking less frustrated because we would go to each other for the things that we need from each other and not expect that from men and then be disappointed when they can't give it to us because we are different we're different and those Mm -hmm. relationships are different and i know we talk about it a lot in terms of like don't go to your partner for what you would go to a best friend and hold space for boundaries and not pouring all your eggs in one basket whatever but in a collectivistic level. We need to turn to each other. And then when we work and get from each other what we need and deserve, that would be filled in order to have more patience, more understanding, better tools to work with men, X, Y, Z. Like it it would only benefit everyone by women coming Mm -hmm. together to support each other. I mean, maybe not Mm -hmm. old white men that still want the patriarchy, but everyone else. (laughs) I could go on a whole freaking tangent
1: about the value of female friendships, the value of male friendships. I mean, it's the point this of This dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it is like, I do get like, how much do I want to go into this? Go in a little bit. I don't know. It it does frustrate me when I see the narrative of just fuck men everywhere because Fresh it also diminishes the point too. Because yeah. then when you're trying to have a conversation with a man, they're like, well, you just fucking hate us anyway. And I'm like, no, oh my God, I, it's like, you can't even have a conversation because this narrative is being projected out mm-hmm. there and it is fresh i under again i understand why we're doing this it's like women have been repressed for and suppressed and just like for how fucking long mm-hmm. so obviously you're going to have this reaction whenever you go to one extreme you're going to at the other but we got to find a way to understand that we
0: need to be able to work together this Aaron and i talk about this almost every single night. And this goes back to us being on very different sides of the internet internet. Mm -hmm. because he'll show me shit that he's seeing on his side of the internet that I'm just like mortified by.
1: Same with me and Zoe. Same with me and Zoe. That
0: is so not what my side of the internet is saying and so sad and so unhelpful. For the cause of even the creator itself, like for everyone involved, like, and it is just, I see where these narratives come about. I see where the frustration, I frankly see like a lot of the like alt-right Republican frustrations. I'm getting that more because I'm, that's not my side of the internet. I don't understand what they're responding to. Aaron's is on every side of the internet. Like he's looking up everything and trying to find every mm-hmm. different opinion inside actively to have like a robust understanding of like ways in which of the world, which mm-hmm. frankly I should be doing, but I use the internet as a job and it's whatever separate conversation. But he shows me shit where I'm like, oh, I get it. Like I get where this like incel, we hate women, women hate, uh, like I get where these narratives are coming from. If this is like even jokes, like even joke TikToks and joke memes. And I'm just like, oh my God, like it's so sad and so frustrating. And so like, I don't know what the solution is. Like, I don't know. I, I Cause I don't trust this to be taught in schools.
1: Yeah. No, I don't trust it either. And going back to what you just said, because I also want to make super clear, it's like,
0: Meadow and I are never condoning any sort of... like We don't condone incel groups. No, of course not. But I understand where people are getting narratives when a lot of opinions coming out of the internet are just continuing to pit us against each other. It goes back so far of
1: men being abusive, women wanting to take power back, obviously. And it's this constant cycle of like, they abuse, they do all these awful things, we castrate, Mm -hmm. then they do it again, then we castrate them again. And it's just objectify, castrate, objectify, castrate. And it's just over and over and over and over and over again. It is this really vicious cycle. And I would love to have the conversation with, we should talk about it on the podcast. We should have a man on and talk about it on the podcast with a man. I mean, how many times have we tried to get our
0: men on the podcast? Because we have these conversations with them all the time personally. So it would be fun to talk about it with them, especially as very safe, inclusive, kind men. Tangent,
1: and I could really keep going off on it. And I kind of like, ugh, there's a part of me that doesn't want to stop the tangent because also that it, it is not, it's not a light conversation to have and I don't want to be flippant about it. And I don't want to be like, women are wrong. Men are not. Like, the, I don't want that to come off that way. I don't way. think we sound and that if way the when I said, I don't think we sound that way, but like, you know me, I'm always fucking on mm-hmm. the side of caution. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is, a, I just think it's something interesting for people to get a little bit curious about. Did
0: you ever have like a very poignant moment in real time being like, oh fuck, I'm contributing to this? Yeah. Like an out of body moment, is it one that you can share? It was when I was single and dating around a lot. Mm.
1: I would constantly, and there's like one particular situation that comes to mind and I'm sure you can guess who it is, but it's just this constant, I'm like, is this a word? Like, just like villainizing somebody who again, granted, like two things can be true. Like they can suck. And then I can also be like extremely condescending. This is something that I'm unpacking a lot in therapy right now,
0: mm.
1: which we know I don't really often talk about what I'm currently mm-hmm. unpacking, but I feel fine talking about this. I never really acknowledged the way in which my parents' divorce impacted me because they had, a, by all accounts, a pretty clean mm. divorce, mm. at least from the kid's perspective, mm-hmm. And I am very grateful to both my parents for doing that. But because of that, I never really, and I grew up around a lot of divorce. Mm -hmm. So I just never really like thought it impacted me. And now, you know, I'm a year and a half into my relationship. Rose colored glasses are surely off. And we've like, you know, gotten into conversations that have been really indicative of like, okay, are we gonna are we fighting for each other here?
0: Mm.
1: Like, are we gonna fight for the relationship? And it was this moment that that illuminated in me of immediately feeling weak and embarrassed Mm. that I had talked to my friends about the fight that I then, you know, and like, guys, nothing, no one cheated, nothing horrific, whatever. It was an argument. But the point that like, I called Meadow and bitched to Meadow and was on the phone. And then the next day I was like, oh, we had a talk and we're all totally good. Like I was mortified, like in a deep, deep Mm -hmm. level about it. And I was talking about it with my therapist and I was like, I have never seen in my family unit, I don't know what it looks like to fight for a relationship and you're fighting for a positive relationship. Mm -hmm. I have fought for plenty of toxic Mm -hmm. relationships, Mm -hmm. but I have really grown up around the narrative of support yourself. You don't need a man. You need to be an independent person. Like, And while I totally that everyone should have their own fuck you fund and have an escape plan and like, you know, whatever, we don't need to be doomsdayers, but like be smart. I grew up so much hearing that narrative that then choosing to fight for a relationship made you weak. And I'm not saying that that's anything that like my mom straight up said to me, but that narrative of like, I've heard it so much throughout my life. It's how your brain took Certain it. women in my life yeah. of like, if they're arguing so much, like just fucking get a divorce. Like, why are mm-hmm. you together? I just get a divorce and it's said so flippantly mm. that I really digested it in a very deep, deep way, where it was like you're betraying who you are as a woman by staying with a man because they're not meeting mm. like every demand. And I'm not saying like needs mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: that's different, mm-hmm. but like demand that you want or like they're not folding every At time every you say not jumping every time you say right, jump. Right, 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 yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And so that's been a really interesting thing to navigate. Mm-hmm. And it, it I think, is really like a deep place of where this sister wound thing sort of starts too because then it's like I judge other women who stay mm. and I judge other women who are stay-at-home moms. Mm. Like I see that a lot mm. in myself.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting that you even say feeling mortified by talking to me about it because to me I'm like that's sister wound. Like you should never feel mortified To talk through a feeling. The show is called Thoughts May Vary. If you feel differently the next Mm -hmm. way, because you have new information, a new conversation, new insights, new revelations. Like that's the point of Mm -hmm. being alive and being a sister. And the whole point is being able to like share those in a safe space in a sisterhood with each other along the way.
1: Do you know what I think has contributed to that specific thing? Mm -hmm. Is that I mean, I've dated plenty of really bad men. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say, you know, I've dated one bad Mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. I've dated plenty of like shitty partners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like whatever. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think there's like this, obviously like we want to protect one another Mm -hmm. as women Mm -hmm. and as girls and like, we want to protect one another. So we hear our friends going through something and we like, are like, fuck him, get out of there, whatever, which like love, go team. We're strong for each other. But then I also think that in that same constant narrative, we consistently lose our trust for men and we lose our hope that there are good men out there. And so when we feel like we have a good man, I feel like I need to defend the goodness, Mm -hmm. even though like there's going to be darkness in the good too. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to fight and maybe our fights are going to be shittier than like another friend's is with their partner and or just different or whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck. So I feel like being in a relationship with someone that like I wholeheartedly believe is a good man, I feel like I then need to like defend I still feel like it's that narrative of like the accusatory from the woman's side, even though you have never done Mm -hmm, that to mm me. I've experienced that a lot of like the judgment and accusation from the woman's Mm -hmm. side being like, well, why did you stay? You're just weak. Mm.
0: We've talked about this privately more than obviously in this space, but I've watched you from like the beginning of the podcast to now like dismantle that so much. Like even with everything you're Mm. saying, you are so different. how you approach that, how you're looking at it, how you're responding to it than before. And even the awareness of, I feel the need to defend as opposed to defending and then getting shameful about going back to that pattern. Like You're just making more and more space between you and something that you don't think is serving you anymore in a cool way. I'm like watching it happen in real time in a really cool way.
1: I noticed it with this past argument too, because I, I didn't feel the need to explain. Yeah. Why we? Why the conversation ended? It did. Yeah. Why it did? Yeah. Like I trusted myself to know. Mm-hmm what like, yeah, I can come to you for advice. And sometimes when I'm really like
0: hotheaded, I need a gut check of like, am I being fucking insane right now? Which should be a safe space to do among sisters without then having to go back and defend why you made a choice you did. Yeah. Which makes me so happy because I do think we have a special group of women that helps us do that. Like I was looking at that video that Dana took of all of us on your balcony, laughing at Maddie eating the eggshell. And I was like, I just fucking love women. Like when women really- That can, day was so fun. So pure, so fun, so wholesome. Reminds me of the, like the day of your birthday when you cried. Like we, I just like- Yeah. Uh, we have a good group of women really showing up for each other, trying to help. It. Girls in STEM, like we really are out STEM. here solving world issues. like And just being each other's bestie and silly and fun and playful and girly. And like, I just love it.
1: I have a question. When did you, going back to what you said about how you were, where you were like, I don't want to be a girl's girl because girls are mean to me and it'll make me look cool. Whatever combination of Mm -hmm. the things it was, um, what the amalgamation of whatever truths were happening at that time, what was it? Was there like a specific moment that went
0: off in your brain where you were like, this needs to change? And like, how did you approach it? I don't think it was a specific moment. I think also like being a baby queer, but not really talking about that or saying that aloud to anyone, made that more. <laughs> Somebody make that merch for me. <laughs> being a baby queer, <laughs> a baby queer, being a baby queer, like made that a lot more nuanced and interesting to hold. I wouldn't say there is like a m- one moment. I will say like I met Becky in eighth grade and was like, oh, I have a love mm-hmm. of my life in a best friend form as a woman, and like that opened up my being able to like form deeper, more intimate relation, long lasting friendships with other women. Mm -hmm. And some of those have lasted since that era. And they're in that video that we play that we're referring to on your balcony two days ago. And some have fizzled Mm -hmm. out, but I think it, I think it was that plus it was like an interesting dynamic of also like having a boyfriend from eighth grade through college, the same one. So like my best mm-hmm. friend was a boyfriend that we did everything together. But then I had yeah. like, I I just found like I really needed the balance or you find it, whether or not, I don't, I don't even think I was like conscious of it, but the, how refreshing it is to just be surrounded by girlhood as a girl and be in that safe space and be with one another. Like it's just so rejuvenating for your soul that I don't think it was like a mm-hmm. conscious thing, but it slowly made me realize like, oh no, I don't fuck with that. Like, that's not true. That doesn't work. But my mother was yeah. that way. Like, my mother acts. She was always a girl's girl. Obviously, she was raised with four sisters. You know, there's five of them all when you're apart. Mm-hmm. But I also, like, Aaron said something. I, we say it to my mom's face. She'll probably – she'll never listen to this, but we say it to her face, so I feel fine saying it on here. But Aaron said something to me, and I was like, oh, God, that helps me recontextualize my mother so much, where he was like, you realize your mother is a hot girl from the 70s? Yeah. And I was like, oh. Like, she was. Like, she was – a mm-hmm. hot, bitchy girl in high school, one of the first women that she was the first woman she knew to get on birth control, to go to a doctor and demand it because mm-hmm. she wanted to have sex with whoever she wanted. Like she's, but to this day, like I watch one off judgments of other women walking past us on the street, and I'll be like, oh my God, like this is where. I have these little judgments mm-hmm. or thoughts that pop up and I'm like watching you do it in real time thinking like, shut the fuck up. That's so mean. How can you say that? And I'm like, oh, she's a, she's literally a hot girl from the seventies. Like she's from a different time where she says things that are like, to me, so mean. And I I can see sometimes examples of my brain going there and being like, oh my God, how could you think that? And I'm like, oh, I was raised by a hot girl from the seventies. it's just a funny way to recontextualize it and understand. And no, I'm not saying she's mean to all women <laughs> by any means. How the fuck do I have the dead battery flashing at me already?
1: Healing it. Yeah. I wonder, it's interesting because we were having the conversation about like, how do you even have these conversations in school? Because I'm thinking about my niece who's 17. I'm thinking about me in school. And it's like, you're around this narrative of like, girls are just fucking bitches. Cause like, they really can be like, they really, like we can be fucking evil bitches.
0: Okay. (laughs) I gotta say, I gotta say one story. Our dear friend Annika and our friend Greg, she tells me a story once that they were like high as a kite in a target, and they were doing like doing whatever. And they (laughs) they both, without a word, walk to go to an aisle, and there's like three 13-year-old girls at the end without saying they were. They both turn around and run away. And he's like, I'm not trying to be like outed or bullied today. Like, I can't be here. No, literally, I get like girls are so
1: scary. (laughs) yeah I get like I I love them so much they're so um, fierce
0: and live in your truth honey but like some of mm y'all be so and I know because I was one we are we could be scary yeah
1: and it all stems it's like it's like how far back does this go because I'm thinking about like the cuntiness that came out of my body when I was younger and I'm like okay a lot of it fucking stemmed from like only one can be in charge. Mm. Oh, like if if you're if you're acting a certain type of way, like you can take my man, or like
0: you're a threat to me. It's all this like threat. Well, we were also we preating each other during Gossip Girl, during the click, during like everything fed us that that was the yes. truth. Yes. Everything.
1: Yes. No wonder my mom and I would fight so much about me watching Gossip Girl. And it wasn't because of the sex. It was, it was literally because like that. people were mean. Because yeah. I would watch the show and I'd walk out of the room and I'd be meaner yeah. than I was five minutes yeah. ago. And we didn't have like the brains that we have now to be able to watch the show and be like, ah, oh, that was stupid. Because well, your off.
0: brain wasn't full- even fully developed. You're a right. baby.
1: So it's like you're right. All the media that we were consuming around that time is Backed like right bitchy, it. clicky, mm-hmm. mean girl energy. Okay. You know what movie? The Devil Wears Prada. Like everything. No, you know what movie I watched? Were you with me or was it just with Maddie the other day when we watched John Tucker Must Die? Oh, it was just you and Maddie, but you told me about it. And like, that's a movie. Yeah. It's all about like, we hate men, but it is a movie where it is like all the bitchy girls, but it is about sisterhood. Yeah. <laughs> and like how they come together in it. Um, but yeah, I'm like, how do you, how do you start healing that? Or it's at these conversations, that start healing it obviously on a bigger level, I start healing it because it's like for our young girls and for our future daughters, I'm like, I'm thinking about my niece and i'm like how do i have a conversation with her when she's like girls are being mean to me i only have guy friends because the Mm -hmm. girls are mean to me not saying this is her reality but i'm saying Mm -hmm. like if this would be a conversation we'd be having i'm like i'm not gonna go tell you to be friends with those fucking bitches like but you got
0: to find some woman to be friends with
1: right so but when you're a kid and you're in school all day so hard and then you have your extracurriculars with the same kids so hard it's like it's hard
0: and also i remember being in high school and thinking this is lasting forever Like this never ends. I hate this. It lasts forever. And then you look back and every adult that tells you in the time that you want to just strangle, that's like, this is a fucking blip in your life. You'll never think about it again is frankly very true, but you can't hear it Mm -hmm. in, in your reality, especially with an underdeveloped brain. It is all consumed. It is, it feels like the end all be all. It really
1: does. I had a cool experience the other day when I was home for Thanksgiving, we had a high school reunion And we went and I was walking through with, yeah, I was walking through with one of my best friends and her and I had such different high school. She loved high school and look, I loved high school too, but I also frankly hated high school. Like I had a really hard time. Like I went through a lot of drama, not to say that like it, I wasn't contributing to a lot of it. Like I'm not absolving myself of it, but it was just a hard time. Like it was a hard time for me. And I did have a lot of those like catastrophic this is gonna last forever moments. And so it was so interesting walking through with two people who had such vastly different experiences in high school, feeling like we were walking through the hallway, one of the all the buildings were locked, but we like found an open door. Oh, it was, I was literally like, well, on your heels campus. Off. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it was on okay. our campus. And it's a big, big campus. So her and I were wandering around. I like took my heels off. I was like walking barefoot and we were walking through this hallway and it was like I just had all these memories of like how many times I cried in that bathroom Mm -hmm. how many times like this was the class that like I had the boy that I liked in but like the other girl who also liked like all of the drama and I was just like this place used to feel so scary and so big Mm -hmm. and it just I was able to just like smile and just Mm -hmm. like walk through all the places and be like wow like what a time even like We ran into a lot of people and like, look, my high school was really clicky. Like it was Mm. really, really clicky. Mm. And we were running into like, we ran into like um, a couple girls who like, we were never friends with. We were just like a two completely separate cliques. And she was there with her husband and her baby. And we never had like beef, but like, we just weren't Mm -hmm. friends. And we saw her, we gave her a big hug. And it was like me and my friend and her and her like husband. And like, she was showing us pictures of her baby and like all this stuff. And I was just like. It's so crazy that it's like, we probably didn't exchange that many words to one another, but we can graduate and like so many years later, come back and just acknowledge each other for the humans that we are and be like, wasn't this place so scary? And like, now
0: it's not. I hope to never get that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Over my dead body, would I ever go to a high school reunion? Aaron would love that shit. But to make that point, like, I wonder, this is where I get hopeful and scared about tech and digital communities in terms of... If there really is no one for you in your area, I hope you find solace with online communities that make you feel seen and heard yeah. and understood, and you can chat in the comments or on the com- like of a YouTube video or a Patreon, whatever it mm-hmm. is. But then I, st- I still understand how that leaves you feeling so disconnected in real life, mm-hmm. and how to find those yeah. tools to find new age woman sister friendships that are like willing to look at themselves in that way. I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I feel yeah. like we need to talk to a teen. <laughs> Can we get a teen girl on here? Let's have the youth I let's think, uh, have the youth
1: come on the we podcast. We need the youth to come on the
0: podcast. With your parents
1: consent? Can you come on the literally, podcast? Literally. Maybe oh I would love like a like a like a um a girl and like her mom to come on. I would love that. That could be fun. Oh my god, I l- love that for us. Maybe we'll have my niece and my sister-in-law. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they would do that. Totally. Okay, should we talk about a couple ways of like now in our adult years how, how to, to heal, heal it? it? <laughs> yes. I mean, I think we've done a big chunk of it too, which is like acknowledging that it even exists. You can't heal
0: Pain looking without at acknowledging yourself. that the pain is there. I mean, it's go- everything goes back to me to be B. Self-care is the bridge to community care. Community care is the bridge to community healing. Mm. So when you start acknowledging how mm. you're feeding into mm-hmm. this, when you start reading about the history, when you start like looking at the way it has affected you and your childhood and your days now, how you move through work, how you move through relationships, whatever, that can help you start to dismantle the ways you're participating in order to find like-minded women that are also trying to do the same thing.
1: Similarly to just the way that we heal anything, any sort of trauma that we've endured. I think there's a lot of compassion and forgiveness that have to be in the Ooh, mix yeah. for yourself. This is all shadow for work. for others. Sister wound is shadow work. Holding a mirror, babe. Holding a mirror. So I think there's a lot of that. And I think we brought that into this conversation throughout every contradiction and piece of nuance that we talked about of like, we understand why they're the right way there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. It was integrated. I think you said something interesting at the end of what we were talking about, like teenage girls is, finding and creating opportunities of connection and being open to those connections. Mm -hmm.
0: And that requires an open heart and it requires vulnerability. And that is really painful for a lot of people, especially when you feel like you've been Mm -hmm. burned. That's a painful thing to go through, to put yourself out there, but it's the only way to do it. It's worth it.
1: Yeah. I guess like the last thing that comes to my mind is what we talked about earlier, which is just reclaiming your own power and understanding that your power doesn't diminish somebody else's. And also, I think it's interesting when we we mentioned earlier too of like your wins are my wins. My pain is your pain because it's a collective thing. If you're showing somebody else that respect, but you're not showing that to yourself, look at that. Mm -hmm. Look at that. And if you're still stuck in that like judgment comparison Mm -hmm. game, look at that too. Mm -hmm. And I think both of those are rooted in some
0: sort of sadness and insecurity. The triggers as a roadmap really just really does the Mm -hmm. job, really does the trick. But again, I'm not a therapist, so I don't know. Hey, we can Just speak from my our, two This is peer support group, baby. We speak from our own experiences here, and that's what's helped us find each other. And I also think yeah. that's another good example of um, the neuro, the the like expansion piece especially because Mm -hmm. yesterday and today is the new moon in Sag, which is my moon sign. And it's a bit like the whole theme feels very like about exploring expansion. So I think that's another good example of if you don't have anyone in your life that's works together as women and loves each other as women or has a coven, whatever that is like finding those examples for what you're looking for can help you to then look at those triggers that roadmap to hold that mirror to see what a healthy example is to understand mm-hmm. what you're looking for like go seek that out and maybe maybe that's the part of tech that becomes helpful is seeking out the types mm. of connections you're looking for and conversations you want to have and people that are looking at that expansion piece to then take to be informed when going out into the real world and trying to foster those connections.
1: Food for thought, team.
0: Food for thought, team. Anyway, this is barely, barely scratching the surface, and especially, you know, the coven is gonna. I mean, one third, one fourth of them has come on the podcast already. Not well. I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess it's a third because I find the host half. Yeah, half half the pod, half the coven. Don't ask. Women in STEM, Meadow. (laughs) Women in STEM. (laughs) Half the coven has been on the podcast because a fourth of them co-host this (laughs) podcast. The other half is obviously yeah, going to come great. on eventually, but I would just love to continue talking about this, especially with them because mm-hmm. that's the main theme of the coven is fucking healing the sister wound, baby. Mm-hmm. It's the theme. It's the theme of this podcast. Anyway, this will be an ongoing combo. Exactly. Exactly. We're just scratching sure. the surface, but it, it's worth it to bring it up in more of a segment. Cause we haven't yet. And I think it'll mm-hmm. prompt a lot of really, really cool questions and conversations from our community. Because y'all so. kind of ask these things anyway, but so having like a specific like send us sister wound questions, like I know they're going to go in. Okay. You guys are the best. You're the best, but we got to go right. film a holiday special and I got to charge this fucking battery. So if the holiday special yeah, also we charge, has shitty quality through half of it, I'm very sorry. I will buy extra batteries to make sure that the quality is always gorgeous for you all. Thank you for being here during the process and watching us grow and change and get better and continue to try to up-level. Rock on. Rock on. <laughs> and if you if you want the quality to get better and you want the guests to get bigger and you want the conversations to be more expansive, please send this to a friend, rate, subscribe, ring the bell, whatever the fuck you are at. Please help us because it's it's easy and it's free on your end. And all it does is help us to try to get better and better and better for you. Thank you for saying that, Meadow. Yeah write and review subscribe to our youtube we should not do it at the we should not do it at the end of the youtube we should do it at the beginning no, of the we should do podcast. it in the beginning <laughs> we gotta be like, <laughs> we gotta we gotta start be like somewhere Steven. we gotta be like diario's yeah, theater we gotta start somewhere
1: <laughs> yeah so love you sister start love you How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV Familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts may vary pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, A B. Gotcha.